passage. Uh, this is Michael. Uh, it occurs to me, I was preparing this morning, that there's probably uh, uh, quite a few of you who don't really know Michael um, or his wife Chastity or their kids. Chastity was not feeling well, so she's not here this morning. So it's just him and his daughter Piper. Um, Michael was sent out from Christ Community how long ago? Three? Two years? Two years? That sounds right. Two years before COVID. Great time to be launched out to plant a church. Uh, they have had a vision for a long time of planting a church in a small community um, in central Illinois. And so they live about 30 minutes north in Rantoul. Um, there are uh, several people here, I think, this morning who are with you out there, right? I think we got one. Just one. There's one person who's at your church. Welcome, Marcus. <laughs> Uh, it's been a blessing. From the very beginning since we uh, uh, planted Christ Community, our hope was that we would make disciples in part by planting more churches. And so I didn't intend this to be a mission Sunday, but here we have two of our church planters coming back with us. Uh, and so it's a, it's a privilege and a joy to be able to hear from both of them and to have them with us in, 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 uh, in our presence this morning. We're excited for Rangel Community Church. Uh, you guys have gone through the gauntlet over the last couple of years in trying to plant in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, it's one thing when you're established, it's another thing when you're trying to get established. But one thing I'll say about Michael and Chas is that there are probably no two people that I know who want to give their lives and care for the least of these in the community. And if you would know their lives, you would see them doing this constantly, um, as they probably need to hide sometimes from the open door policy they have in their house for people coming to seek needs. So I'm very excited for what they're doing, would urge you all to continue to pray for them, uh, if you want to connect with Michael, I'm sure he'll stick around for a little bit afterwards to hear more about the work that they're doing. So let me ask you all to please stand for the reading of God's word. Michael will be speaking to us from 1 Corinthians 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and our brother, Sothenes, yeah. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's word. You may be seated. Those names, they always sneak up on you, don't they? Oh, I'm really excited to be here with you all again. This is my second time here at Soccer Planet, worshiping with you all. Uh, first time was Christmas Eve, so a little different setting this week. Uh, but yeah, just really thankful to be here. It's sweet to be back at uh, not just our, our sending church, um, but for those of you who don't know me and know my story, this is the only church, Christ Community was the only church that I'd ever been a part of. Um, yeah, as Pat mentioned, my wife and, and other kiddos couldn't make it today. She's not feeling well. Um, but yeah, I did want to touch on it. It's crazy to think that, gosh, less than two months, Christ Community is going to be celebrating your 10-year anniversary. Do you all know that? I see some heads nodding. I was not here when Christ Community started. Uh, Ten years ago, the only time you would see me in a church was probably at a wedding or a funeral. But in the early days of Christ Community, God used this church family to introduce me to Jesus. And, and more specifically, God used Don Stout, who you're going to hear from later, to introduce me to Jesus. It, it is sweet that this kind of lined up this week. Uh, Don and I worked together, kind of short story. Don and I worked together at Silver Creek, 
uh, I was his boss, and he was one of these weird guys that talked about Jesus all the time. I'm like, I didn't know people believe that stuff still. Uh, we built a friendship over the time, our time together, and yeah, uh, less than a year into the start of Christ's community, I was getting baptized here at the church. After becoming a believer, uh, Christ's community continued to play this really pivotal role in my life. Pat and Pam actually introduced me to my wife, Chastity. Well, more so Pam. Pat did not think it was going to work out. But Pam introduced me to Chastity. Uh, We're now, again, married, uh, have a a house full of kiddos. And um, Pat was also uh, the first one to ever say, hey, you know, your experience in the restaurant industry, that, that could really translate to church planting someday. I'm like, what are you talking about? But as Chastity and I got married, we both felt like God was leading us to be involved in uh, the church, kind of full-time vocationally, and, and hopefully church planting. So the, the elders at Christ Community took a, a risk on this young believer who had 30, early 30s, had been walking with Jesus about a year, and they're like, yeah, we'll make a position for you here at the church, and Test out that calling, see what God's doing in your life. So I had the privilege of serving here at Christ Community for about five years before uh, moving to Rantoul. As Pat said, over the last couple years, yeah, God has just stirred our hearts for the town of Rantoul. I know we're 15 minutes away from here. It took me 15 minutes this morning, but it, it really it seems like a world away from Champaign-Urbana sometimes. Um, We love our community and are excited to be there, even launching a a church in the middle of a global pandemic. We launched in October. We got to have live services for three weeks, and then some people in our church got COVID. So we had to go online for a while. We popped back out of the online world in late January, but really it, it feels like now is when we're really launching the church. You know, the pandemic is kind of hopefully fading away. As someone said, just don't watch the national news and you'll feel all right about the pandemic. Uh, And then the summer, and then we got a new family that just gets it. They're very missionally minded. They're excited about what God's doing in Rantoul. And uh, there, there seems to be this new wind in our sails at the church. We joked last week, Tyler Edwards came and preached at Rantoul Community Church uh, and him and I joked about how the, the different launch teams that the two churches had. Christ Community started with about 30 college students, young adults. We also started with about 30 people. Half of them are kids, though. At the time, Christ Community, I think, had two babies, right? And that was about it. Uh, so just different experiences, different towns, but a same love for Jesus and to see the gospel go out. So again, it's a privilege to be here, a privilege to have you all, I don't even know how much you guys know that you're involved with the ministry that's going on in Rantoul through your prayers, financial support, uh, John and Elliot and Craig, along with uh, the pastor from uh, Stratford Park Bible Chapel, who Rantoul, I'm sorry, Christ Community was birthed out of uh, Ken Raymond. Those three men are on an oversight board for Rantoul Community Church. They meet with me monthly to help kind of shepherd our uh, church until we can raise up other elders within our church. So you guys continue to play a pivotal role on what God is doing in Rantoul, and I 
am thankful for that and thankful to be here. Craig said I could do a long intro, so that was the intro. Let me pray and we'll jump into our text this morning. Uh, Father, we thank you. Yeah, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness to us. Uh, your love for us. And I, I pray that we would hear from you this morning. Holy Spirit, it's your words that have power. Would you speak to us from your inspired scripture this morning? We are needy to hear from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Crazy, I didn't know how much of my sermon intro Pat was going to take. But we are, as a Christ community, as Rantoul Community Church, we are excited about seeing churches planted. And that begs the question, what are we looking to, to multiply? What are we looking to replicate? What is a church? I love that, that this church family probably knows better than most that a church is not a building, Right? Church is not just something that we attend. A church is not just some uh, institutionalized religion. But Paul here points us to three things that the church is. And that's what we're going to look at today. What are we looking to multiply when we plant churches? What are we looking to be as a church? That's kind of our big question here today. And I want us to look at, uh, this is a small passage but even smaller, I'm really only pe- preaching on verse 2. So let's look at verse 2 again today and see if you can notice the ways that Paul defines the church. There's three ways that Paul defines the church in Corinth here. It says, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. We're going to look at each of these defining marks of the church, what what Paul says, how he identifies the church, those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, along with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and jump in at the first one. Paul first identifies the church as those sanctified in Jesus Christ. Now Paul here is obviously not talking about a building or some kind of worship gathering that we attend. Paul is talking about a people. Only people can be sanctified. Those sanctified in Christ. Paul is referring specifically to the people that make up the church in Corinth, but we can extend that out to the church as a whole. So what does Paul mean here? Sanctified, that's one of those churchy words, right? That they only use in the church. Commonly, what the church is referring to when we're talking about sanctification is this kind of process that we go to in growing into holiness. This process of growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. We, We strive, by the power of God working within us, to become more and more like Christ. But that's not what Paul's saying here. In fact, more often than not, the inspired biblical authors, when they are talking about referring to sanctification, they're talking about something that's already happened. Something that God has already done to us. 
In fact, the faithful interpretation of this uh, passage here, of this phrase that Paul is using, could be to those who have been sanctified, or to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctification can refer to this process of growing in Christ-likeness, but Paul here is describing the church's current status, who we currently are. Through our faith in Jesus and our union to Him, the church has been sanctified. Which means that in spite of our many faults and failures, what God sees when He looks at His church, what God sees when He looks at His people, are those who have been sanctified, holy, pure, spotless, That's how he sees you. The church has been set apart from the world. God's specially chosen people. Sanctification in this sense, it's not something that we do. But it's something that God has already done for us and to us. The very moment that we put our faith in Christ, the very moment that you put your faith in Christ, you are united, we're united to one another. Our brothers and sisters in the church, we're united to Christ. And, in an instant, God does something to you and in you. Something miraculous. Something by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are sanctified. Made holy. That is true of you right now. Have you ever heard about the, uh, uh, the saying that is, uh, beware of the company that you keep. Hang out with trash and you start to smell like garbage. The Bible amplifies these kinds of terms, right? It speaks in a similar way. If you hang out with Jesus, if your faith is in Christ... God sees you like Jesus. Even more so, you are united to Him. You are one with Him. God sees you as part of Jesus' body. The church is one with Christ. Jesus is not broken or sinful or depraved. And because we're hanging out with Him, neither are you. Our union with Jesus is one of the greatest mysteries of God. We're brought into this great mystery of God become man. And part of the benefits of that union that we have in Christ, that we all receive, is that in Christ the church has been sanctified. God the Father sees you as holy. And isn't His view the one that matters most? Alright, number two. Called to be Saints. I love this. We're so quick to be like, yeah, we're sinners. Paul's like, no, you're saints. Paul defines the church as sanctified people who are called to be saints or called to be holy. If we've been sanctified, then our lives ought to reflect who Christ is. We are not merely seen by God as holy, but we are called to be holy. We're called to reflect who we are in Christ. I'm going to be honest, when I think about the church, I don't know all you individually, but when I think about the church, especially the church that's portrayed typically uh, in the news or around our country, that's not 
how I would often describe God's people. We can be hurtful, judgmental, hypocritical. Those who do know me, I like to portray myself as this really caring father. I have four kids who I do love dearly. Uh, By God's grace, sometimes I am very caring and patient. But if you could see the, the turmoil that bubbles up in my heart, I love efficiency and getting things done. And when you have three kids, five and younger, and a 13-year-old, nothing is ever efficient. And I just get frustrated, and sometimes that overflows in hostility towards my kids. But regardless, I am impatient. So what does it mean that we're saints? Does anyone know who... Diana Prince is. Let's see some hands. I want to see who the nerds are. Yes, thank you. Uh, So Diana Prince is the secret identity of Wonder Woman. Not her true identity. Who she truly is is Wonder Woman. But she puts on this fake persona to hide who she really is from the world. For us as Christians, that's what happens when we sin. We're covering up who we truly are. Better yet, we're forgetting who we truly are when we choose sin or when we fall into temptation. In Christ, we are not the sin that clings so closely to us, as Paul talks about. You are saints. Righteous and holy. Not because of your own goodness, but because Christ has imparted His goodness to us. Which is why the church ought to care about holiness. We ought to strive to live holy lives, again, by the power of God working within us, because we are God's holy and set apart people. That's still our work to do. Christ community, I was here a very long time. Not a very long time, uh, I don't know, seven years or so of my first seven years of walking with Jesus, and I know that we are really good at pointing out our own sin. We're really good at seeing the ways that we fall short, really good at seeing the ways that we fail, and sometimes I think we can emphasize our failures and our sins more than we emphasize who God has already declared us to be. Have you heard that saying that like you need to have three compliments to make up for one Insult? What if we focus more on who God has already declared us to be, focused on the fact that we are saints, that we have been sanctified, that we are holy, so then go and be who you've been called to be. We still need to confess our sins to God, that that is good and that is right, but we need to remember who we are in Christ. Regardless of what you see in the mirror when you wake up in the morning, this church family is a family of saints. That's what God sees. That's who you are. And so, we are called to live holy lives. To live out our true identity in Christ. Number three, uh, from focusing kind of on who the church is based on our union with Christ, Paul then touches on these two components of the unity of the church. Verse 2 again, he says, 
to all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To all those in every place. Paul here touches on the the oneness of the church. The church is one united church. Pat, thank you for that stat earlier. If you just look at Champaign-Urbana, how many churches make up one per 700 people here in town? When I tried to Google it, it looked like there were about 200 churches in Champaign-Urbana. All of them with different worship styles and uh, different philosophies on ministry, what it looks like to reflect Jesus in our community. It can seem like there's all these islands out there instead of one church. So in what way are we one? Three ways I want to touch on real quick. The church is one because of her relationship with Christ. We've talked about this. Through our faith union in Jesus Christ, the church is one. United Christ, united to his body, different members of his body. We are united in our faithfulness to Jesus. Two, the church is one based on her trust and faithfulness to Scripture. The church believes something about this book. We believe that God has revealed Himself to humanity in this book. We get to get a glimpse of who God is and what He has done. Which means the Bible is the church's true and trustworthy guide. We're united in our faithfulness to Christ, in our faithfulness to Scripture, and the church is one in our faithfulness to the message of Scripture, the overwhelming message of the Gospel, the good news of the person and work of Jesus Christ. God has set His church, set His people apart, set the church apart for His good purpose. That main purpose is in being faithful to the Gospel message and faithful to preach and proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of our founder. You see, the church does not find, we do not find our unity in and of ourselves, but we find our unity in the person and work of Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. So there is one united, universal, global church made up of local church families from around the world. This includes uh, Christians from all generations, alive and dead, everywhere, from all times, who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says. What does that mean? What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? At Rantoul Community Church, we recently did a, a sermon series through the early chapters of Genesis. And in it, we see generation after generation rebelling against their good and gracious Creator. But from time to time, we come to a pivotal moment, or a a pivotal person, or a pivotal family. A family who calls on the name of the Lord. To call on the name of the Lord, it, it meant to request something of God. To have an adoration for God. To have a knowledge that God is God and we have a dependence on Him. To call on the name of the Lord meant turning away from rebellion and turning towards our Creator. And love and reverence and worship. And here, Paul identifies the church 
as a people who call on the name of Jesus. I love that. In our uh, statement of faith, I uh, forget what you guys called it earlier. Well, we read from uh, John chapter 1 in the Gospels. That's one of like the most explicit places in the entire Bible that we see the deity of Christ being proclaimed, right? The Word was God. It's kind of shrouded in mystery in some other places in the Bible. But here, and, and in many other places in the New Testament, we see these phrases or these attributes, characteristics of God in the Old Testament being used for Jesus in the New Testament. There's a lot of skeptics and scholars, even even Christians, even ourselves. Sometimes we might doubt if what we believe is true, doubt if Jesus is really God. But here, and again in many other places in God's inspired word, we see that the early church, they answered that question. The early church identified Jesus with the God of the Old Testament. They called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who the church was. That's what the church did. Praying in the name of Christ. Making requests of Him. They worshipped and adored Jesus. They acknowledged that Jesus is Lord. He is King. He is ruler over all of creation. Acknowledging also their dependence on Him. And acknowledging that salvation was found Nowhere else except in turning away from our sin and rebellion and turning towards Jesus. It's through Christ alone that salvation is found. So let's go back to that original question. When we planted Rantoul Community Church, what were we looking to start? As a, as a church, what makes us the church? And the Sunday school, or the answer here is a Sunday school answer, right? It's Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Jesus is what makes the church the church. The church has been sanctified in Christ, called to be His saints, called to be holy as Christ is holy. And the church calls on the name of our founder, calls on the name of Jesus. He's the one we worship and declare as Lord and Savior. Sometimes people have heard about uh, what I do, and they're like, man, you started a church? Or you own a church? I didn't know you could do that. I'm like, I don't own a church. Jesus owns a church. Jesus started a church. I'm just coming alongside of the work that Jesus is already doing. And I love that from day one of Christ's community, this church has not been founded on any one pastor or any one person except for the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is what makes the church the church. And if we hold on to that, if you hold on to that, then we will make his, be part of making His name great here in Champaign-Urbana, in Rantoul, in France, around the globe. That's what God is looking to do through His people. Through these set-apart, special people. The church has not been established by any human hands. It will not be sustained by any human beings. The church was established by Jesus dying on the cross. The church was established when God the Father sent the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And God is the one who started His church and He will be the one to sustain His church. That's why Paul can say here again in verse 2 that it is the church of God 
and Corinth. The church is the blood-bought people of God. Known throughout the world as God's sanctified saints who worship Christ. So my desire is that that would be true of Christ's community. That that would be true of Rantoul Community Church. That that would not be just true of us on Sundays when we gather together, but that would be true of us throughout our week. That our lives would be shaped by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That we would be a people who look different from the world, reflected in the way that we interact with the people in our lives. Whether that's people at work, people in your school, in your classes, friends, family, co-workers, seeing them as more than mere people, seeing them as saints or not yet saints. How might that change the ways that we interact and witness to who the church is? Let me pray for us. Oh, Father, I thank you um, for your goodness, your kindness, your grace to us, that, that we would be called saints, not sinners, but saints. Your people, your chosen people, beloved. God, would you press that identity into our hearts by the power of your Spirit that, that we might operate out of who you have declared us to be, the status that we have in Christ operating out of the love that you have shown us through your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.